You are listening to the Modern Marriage Podcast with Hannah and Brandon Como. As a marriage and family therapist, I am passionate about helping modern marriages thrive in today's world. Brandon and I understand the challenges that many marriages face, and our goal is to help you navigate life as a modern couple. We will discuss obstacles, share our own experiences, and help you create solutions to have the marriage that you have always wanted. Thank you for joining us here on the Modern Marriage Podcast. I am Brandon Como, that voice you heard, my lovely wife, Hannah. And we are so happy to be back with you here today for our second episode of the podcast. And well, maybe it's been a while. It has. <laughs> we did not intend to take such a long break, but a lot of things have transpired, unexpected and expected things. We welcomed our little baby girl into the world yes. just a few weeks ago. Yes, Adeline Grace. We say... Unexpected and expected because, yes, we expected her to come into the world, but we didn't expect her to come two weeks early. Exactly. And so as she came two weeks early, once she got here, we had to stay a little bit longer in the hospital than we thought we would, mm-hmm. uh, make sure that baby girl was all right and ready to come out into the world. Now She's we're safe and healthy, yeah. and uh, we are just adjusting to being new parents. Yeah. And so that in itself is adjustment of its own. And mm-hmm. so... We really have been quite busy for the last few weeks. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And so we've just kind of taken the time for ourselves and our family, and we're excited to be back, and we plan to have episodes for you guys every week. Yeah, I'm sure those parents that have gone through the stage with newborn kids know exactly what we're talking about, about making adjustments and their schedules being completely uh, changed. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And as you're listening, I really want you to think about some adjustments that you've had recently in your own relationship things that have really induced a lot of stress or something that you've really struggled to adjust to that's Mm -hmm. really affected your relationship with your spouse or your significant other. Yeah, I mean, all relationships go through seasons Mm -hmm. and go through times of change and times of adjustments. And it's important to be able to make those adjustments together uh, to be able to work through those sometimes difficult times, but sometimes the times of transition turn out to make your marriage that much better. Mm -hmm. your relationship that much better. So let's think about that for a second. Um, When you're looking back on different seasons in your life, what are some things that would cause a lot of stress or a lot of change in your relationship with your significant other? So oftentimes getting married, um, that's a huge adjustment that can affect your relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, Also having kids, like we just talked about, that's a huge adjustment. You're adjusting to a newborn, all these changes. You're adjusting to your marriage evolving to now being parents and adjusting to parenthood, mm-hmm. which has a whole new set of adjustments, right, mm-hmm. and challenges. Um, and then also it's uh, possibly a change of job or career change. That can also be very stressful in relationships. You know, it's another one as well that's a big adjustment for couples is budgeting. Oh, budgeting. When you decide to come together as a couple and make a budget together, Mm -hmm. that's a big adjustment because you're adjusting your finances to Mm -hmm. fit a budget. You are coming together and realizing, hey, this is where I'm spending my money. This is where I need to make a change. Mm -hmm. And that can be very challenging for couples. Mm -hmm. And I think about getting out of debt. You know, we walked into that season just a few years ago when we got married. I had a lot of student loan debt. Mm -hmm. That was something that was an adjustment because we had to adjust our finances to be able to be more proactive Mm -hmm. so that we could get out of debt so that we wouldn't start our family on a negative note with finances that 
um, really burdened our our life. Mm -hmm. And so that was a big adjustment for both of us. Yeah, that was a season that felt like it would uh, never end. It did. But it did. (laughs) It did eventually come to an end. And our marriage was stronger because of it. Yeah. And And our finances are in a better place because of it. Absolutely. Which is very encouraging for for this year in particular Mm -hmm. because 2020 has had a lot of uncertainty. Right. With jobs, with careers, with me starting my business this Mm -hmm. year. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of things that transpired. And so to be able to do that, Mm -hmm. knowing that we were debt free, was a much better place to be at. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So there are many different things that challenge relationships and we have to be able to adjust to them. Mm-hmm. We have to be able to come together and work through those changes because changes are just a natural part of life mm-hmm. and they're natural in good developing relationships. Mm-hmm. Another thing I can think of is sicknesses or yeah. I know that there's often times where for your spouse to be able to get sick or unexpected things to transpire, right. that can also be a huge adjustment and change mm-hmm. for your family and anytime your relationship is under stress, even if it's in individual stress, mm-hmm. it's going to affect your relationship with your spouse. Yeah, absolutely. And so just knowing that things in life are going to happen expectingly and unexpectedly. Mm-hmm. And so when that does, how do you respond to it? And so how do you approach that? And how can you make communication better in your marriage? Which brings our next conversation on what we really want to talk about today is communication. Yes. Being a licensed marriage and family therapist, working with a lot of couples, it is the number one complaint or number one issue that I hear from a lot of people is miscommunication and struggling to communicate effectively with your partner. What I really want to do today is kind of talk about that, talk about the issues that come up with communication and then ways to be able to strategize and solve the problems so that you're able to do it in a way that you feel heard, but they also feel heard and validated as well. Well, you know, the old saying opposites attract. Mm -hmm. Well, that goes true for this conversation, because when you talk about conversation styles, oftentimes people that have different conversation styles are the ones that are attracted to each other. Mm -hmm. Uh, They have different ways of communicating, and it makes it easy to miscommunicate with each other Mm -hmm. when one person is saying one thing and the other person is hearing another, Mm -hmm. and vice versa. And so, unfortunately, you have oftentimes two people that are wanting to uh, come to a resolution on something, but they have two different ways of uh, of approaching it. Mm -hmm. And each of their ways is unfortunately rubbing the other the wrong way. Mm -hmm. That's a great point. You know, Brandon, we just talked about communication styles Mm -hmm. and each person has their own communication style. And so I really kind of want to talk about that today. There's three main communication styles. And for some reason, there's two main ones that a lot of times, again, like you said, opposites attract. Mm -hmm. And so that's going to be the passive communicator. And that's also going to be the aggressive communicator. And so the passive communicator is often the person that is more laid back. They're more easygoing. Um, and they often put other, other people's needs and desires above their own. Right. Um, but at the same time, they often do not like conflict. They don't want to get into disagreements. They really like to be able to just kind of like have a laid back personality and just getting along, not wanting to talk about any, any real issues. But the problem with that is you can't resolve problems if you don't talk about them. Yeah, I mean, it's it's great to prioritize others' needs, but when you are not expressing your own needs and you are continuing to allow that frustration to build and build and build, uh, then unfortunately it comes out later on 
in conversation. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, that can be a big part of why you have the conflict between you and your spouse. That's exactly what happens. You know, you take and take and take, and then eventually it's like a ticking bomb. It Mm. just explodes. Then the other person is left kind of confused on Mm -hmm. why have you been upset about all these different things that now you're bringing up? I had no idea that you were upset about this. Because remember, a lot of times the other person is the aggressive communicator, Mm -hmm. the one that it doesn't have a problem making sure that they are speaking up for themselves. Yeah, they have um, no problem. And so they're problem. like, well, why didn't you say something earlier? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Know? And it's just, and then unfortunately, that can lead to a downward spiral in the conversation as well. Mm-hmm. And so it's just very easy to continue on down that cycle mm-hmm. um, where you have two different communication styles and they're just butting heads. And a lot of times it's because you have a different communication style as your partner, then you often don't understand why they're communicating the way they are or the lack of communication is how you often perceive it. And so speaking about the aggressive communicator, they are the ones that are usually more outspoken, more outgoing. They're the ones that, you know, their heart is to be able to, to be able to get closer to you and Mm -hmm. be able to communicate what's going on. They often do that a lot. And so, you know, that can also be perceived as the passive person as criticism Mm. or negativity uh, because the ag- aggressive communicator is always usually the one that's pointing out mm-hmm. what they like or what they dislike or what issues they're having. They have no problem kind of standing up, like you said, yeah. for their own value, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. But an aggressive communicator also has the faults sometimes in that an aggressive communicator can get easily frustrated. Mm-hmm. Uh, and an aggressive communicator, as you were talking about earlier with criticism, when they come across as strong as they are and as forthright and upfront as they are, unfortunately, it can come across as very critical. And sometimes it can come across as humiliating as well. Yeah. And so if that's the way that they're coming across, then the passive communicator is often going to shut down. Mm-hmm. They're going to avoid. They have a lot of avoidance. The more that they shut down, the more they avoid, the more the aggressive communicator is becoming more aggressive and they're going to try to be able to get them to talk, try Mm. to get them to tell them what's wrong. The more that they move forward and try to lean in and Mm. get them to talk and get them to um, communicate, the more the passive communicator is going to shut down and you're not going to be able to resolve anything. Right. So we should all strive in our conversation to be assertive communicators. Yeah, that brings it to the third communication style, which is the assertive communicator. Mm -hmm. And that is really a balance. It's a balance of understanding that you have needs and desires that you need to communicate and get across and be able to work through conflict and resolution. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's not a point of shutting down or avoiding the conversations that are tough. But at the same time, it's also understanding that if that person is more inclined to shut down, Mm -hmm. then you want to make sure that you use very non-aggressive communication. You want to make sure that you're doing a lot of active listening. You are trying to be able to give them time and space to be able to think about what they have to think about and to be able to come back to that conversation in a way that's going to be very solution focused. Yeah. You know, you can still stand up for yourself while at the same time being someone that is very supportive of your spouse by, you know, tending to their needs. There is a way to do both. And that is part of being a assertive communicator. So Brandon, what have you feel like that you've learned just in our ways of communicating? Because we both have our own communication styles, right? (laughs) You have a certain communication style. And of course I have a different one Mm -hmm. than you. And so that's been a huge 
um, adjustment mm-hmm. throughout our marriage as we're learning to be able to communicate with each other. Right. And even as a therapist, it's still easier to, as you know this knowledge and I know all these things that mm-hmm. are effective in marriage, it's still sometimes tough to be able to practice these things. Oh, absolutely. And so to put them into practice, to be able to remember these tools that we need to implement. And so what do you feel like that you've learned in our marriage that has really been able to help us in communication in areas that also that we we need to strive to be better at? I've learned the value of active listening. <laughs> active listening in the sense of when you speak, making sure to listen to what you say mm-hmm. and then being able to tell you what I heard you say. Yeah. And that allows you to feel like you're heard. That allows me to really stop and listen to everything you're saying instead of doing what comes naturally and thinking of a counterpoint, yeah. especially if it's an argument or thinking of what I want to say mm-hmm. to really just stop and listen to what you're saying mm-hmm. and just communicate with you about that. Like I said, it allows you to feel heard and allows for the conversation to go much smoother and it allows for perspectives to be heard on both sides. When you're feeling heard, then that makes you more inclined to listen to my perspective on mm-hmm. things. So doing that helps make conversations go much smoother, especially when it comes to a conversation that has conflict in it. Yeah, and it's something that's so simple, active listening, you know, making sure you're focusing on what they're saying, making sure you're not thinking of your own counterpoint or what you're going to say next. It seems so simple, but so hard to remember to do when you're in the heat of the moment. Oh, yeah. And so I think that's a great point. And I do feel really heard and validated whenever you repeat back what you feel like you've heard me say. And it also gives the opportunity that if you did not hear something correctly, I have the opportunity to be able to say, hey, this is what I really this is what I really meant by that. Yeah. Active listening. It's work. It it really is work. Because, again, what I just said, what naturally comes to you is to want to go ahead and give that counterpoint or to jump into that conversation before the other person's done Mm -hmm. speaking. But the act of listening, when you make the effort to do it, it just helps the communication go better. Mm -hmm. And what I've learned is to make sure that whenever there's a heat of the moment and we're starting to get in a conflict or a disagreement and it's starting to really escalate, it's I've learned to be able to let things breathe, to be able to give you time to process, give me time to be able to kind of come back from the conversation and be able to kind of break, let emotions kind of die down. And, you know, take, you know, 15 minutes, 30 minutes, get away from each other, you know, let things calm down, let things cool off. And then whenever we're ready, make sure you set a time frame. But whenever you're ready, 30 minutes later, you both agree to come back to the conversation, take turns talking and making sure that you're able to communicate what you need to communicate in a very solution focused way, because that should be the goal. Mm -hmm. You know, when we're talking about resolving conflict. The goal should always be to resolve the conflict. So another area when we're talking about communicating effectively with each other is to make sure that you're eliminating distractions while talking about something, especially something serious. Mm -hmm. That's another thing that is you have to be deliberate about. I know for me, it's very easy to have my phone in my hand and looking at different things while we're in the middle of a conversation. Mm -hmm. And while I may not be intending for it to come off as disrespectful or dismissive of what you're saying, that's how it can come across. Yeah, that's exactly how I feel. If you are distracted or you have other things on your mind, you know, your mind could very well be to have the best of intentions or to be trying to multitask. 
But when it comes to like a serious conversation, it's important to both have everything to the side, you know, computer, TV, everything shut off to be able to really focus on that other person and what they're having to say. Also, something you want to remember is when it comes to tough conversations, you want to have them face to face. You don't want to have them over a text message or an email or a phone. You know, when it comes to the tough conversations that you have to have, make sure that you set aside time to be able to have that with your spouse. Absolutely. One thing I think that's important about having a conversation with your spouse is to make sure that you're not overloading your partner. You're not throwing too many things, too many different things into the conversation. You're prioritizing what is the most important points that you want to get across to your spouse. Brandon, that's such a good point because a lot of times couples, when they finally sit down to talk about issues that they're having, they have so many things to talk about that they try to talk about all of them at one time. And so that's why I encourage everyone that's listening to be able to uh, make sure that you pick one or two things to talk about and that you talk more often. So I often encourage couples when I talk and sit with them regarding counseling or different things like this to make sure that you have check-ins. So I always encourage weekly check-ins. So once a week, have a certain time or day that you sit down with your spouse and do a check-in. Check to see how they're doing, how you're doing, how your communication style is going. Is there anything that has happened this week that you want to talk about, that you want to bring up good and, and not so great? And that gives the opportunity for the maybe the passive communicator to not let things build up mm-hmm. and also gives them the opportunity to be able to kind of express how they're feeling about things in a way that is very solution focused. Well, one thing that's valuable in these conversations, too, is to know the value of the sandwich. Mm -hmm. So in the sandwich is you have the bread and the meat, obviously. The bread is the compliments. The bread is opening the opening and the close of the conversation. You want to be able to start the conversation off on a good note and end it off on a uh, a high note as well. Mm -hmm. The meat, of course, is the issues that you want to get to in the conversation. Mm -hmm. So if you start the conversation off in an aggressive way and you go right to the meat of the conversation, it can come off as attacking. But if you start off the conversation with a compliment or by telling your spouse something good that he or she has done, that makes them more susceptible to be able to listen to the meat of the conversation, the, the issue that's at hand. It puts them in a better frame of mind. Yeah, it absolutely does. It's a really great point. So I love the sandwich. I wonder who you heard that from. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's something great to remember. And again, it's one of those small things that really just make a big difference. Another thing that I wanted to mention is uh, oftentimes uh, it's our voice tones and our nonverbals that go make a big difference in communication. It's not often what we're saying, but how we're saying it. Um, What are our tones? What are our nonverbals? You know, most of what we're saying a lot of times is not necessarily coming out of our mouth, but it's often our body language and the tone of how we're saying things. They can often come off very dismissive to the other person and really either get them to be very aggravated or kind of shut down from the conversation. And so that's another thing that we definitely want to be mindful of when we're talking with our partner, when we're trying to increase better communication, is that we're always thinking about that Mm -hmm. and making sure that that becomes a priority. So when it comes to communication, we should all strive to be assertive communicators. (laughs) 
Pretty much, yeah. I think that's a great point to kind of uh, sum up the conversation and make sure that we're always having that balance. We're utilizing these tools that we're talking about today and that we are making sure that we realize that, you know, we're not going to hit the mark every time, that we need to be able to offer grace to ourselves and our partner and know that we're going to have mess ups. We're going to have days where we didn't communicate well. We had a fight. We had an argument. It escalated. And it wasn't, it wasn't pretty. And so in those moments, it's important to remember that that happened. We need to take ownership over it. We need to talk about how we can do better next time and improve. And then we need to forgive each other and realize that we're not going to make it perfect every time. Yeah. I mean, there's no perfect marriage, not even close. No. Um, We don't have one. No. I know whoever is listening right now, they don't have one. Mm If anybody tries to tell you they do have a perfect marriage, they are lying. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, the <laughs> marriage is all about being able to make adjustments, like we said, in the conversation, in the way that we communicate with each other, in what life throws our way. Yeah. Like you said, we make mistakes, we learn to forgive each other, we move on, and the relationship gets stronger as a result of it. And remember that good marriages take intentionality and hard work, but it's so worth the investment. A healthy marriage never stops growing. And we look forward to growing with you here on the Modern Marriage Podcast as we navigate through life's challenges. Absolutely. So we're so excited you joined us today. We hope you tune in next time as we grow together and we continue to change our family tree. Thank you for listening to the Modern Marriage Podcast with Brandon and Hannah Como. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and share. This podcast is not meant to provide counseling, but if you are living in Louisiana and are seeking individual couples or family counseling, go to comocounseling.com to find out how to get started or follow us on Facebook at Como Counseling and Consulting.